0: I'm gonna slot this into segment. Four. Oh, she said, <"S-> "I heard it. I felt it." Welcome to the Sports Project. I'm Renee Garner, and I'm joined by the beautiful Carlo and Chris today. Sasha the milk crate didn't quite make it in today.
1: No, poor soul. Poor soul.
2: Is a a shadow of his former self. I was with him over the weekend, and um, he he pushed one step too far. Did I? Yes, he did. Yes. And he's just got off. He just sent us a a message now saying he's vomited
0: off the plane. Off the off Off the the train. train.
2: (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) he tried getting out of the plane. It's
0: amazing that you can back
1: up. Amazing, you can back up. Me
0: season vet season vet well we have a big show ahead of us so we're covering off a wealth of sports banter but don't forget to subscribe to our show the sport project rate it share it get around it with your mates and as we like to say send them. Uh, we also now have a Facebook page as well too, so we'll be popping on any of the visuals and there's plenty of them to happen today as well too. Hopefully we'll be able to send a video uh, of Sasha spewing off the side of a train. I've got um, images,
2: I've got images, I, I will put them up for you. This is You'll hate me for it, but I
0: will. <laughs> play on, play on, I say, send them. Uh, now, as a Kings of Innuendo, uh, it's no surprise we're going to be getting our hands on the latest ball tampering saga which has happened in the oh. cricket world. I'm sure that's going to be interesting and fun. As I said, we're going to be sending him this week. Our mate, Tony Sands, is going to be checking in from the Gungahlin Bulls. We've been following him for the last couple of episodes, a bit of a character, and we've also got Melbourne Rebels uh, prop and super rugby player Ben Daly. He's going to be checking in later on. A quick around the grounds before we kick off, though. As mentioned, the Rebels are on the top of the table comfortably in the Super Rugby despite their shock loss to the Tars last week. And it's an unlucky round this week for Sonny Bill Williams. He's spending about six to eight weeks on the sideline with a broken wrist. Also, our mate Daly, Daisy Thomas, unfortunately, him and the Carlton boys were unlucky against Richmond on the weekend. Now, we're midway through the AFL tournament um, as we speak, but obviously by the time it airs on Monday, it could be anyone, so I'm not going to cover too much off of that. Um, I'd also like to say thoughts and well wishes go out to Lucas Brown. Unfortunately, he uh, got knocked out quite heavily in yeah. his attempt to take the WBC silver heavyweight title in London. That does, however, set us up next weekend. I actually can't wait to watch Neither. this fight. It's Anthony Anthony Joshua, the man himself, up against Joseph Parker. So nah, it's going to be massive. It
2: won't be massive. I'm I'm sorry to disappoint you, oh. but he'll knock him out within three.
0: Yeah, well, they've they've actually said that uh, Joseph Parker's just coming back from uh, elbow operations in November, which was a surprise. Apparently, it's just been released. So it will be interesting, but we'll talk more about that next week after it happens. Now, we're going to be sending it off for the favourite segment of The Boys. Why? It kind of has a different uh, terminology when we say it, but send them. Yes. (laughs) Send them. Chris.
2: Send away. Look, I really wanted to talk about Winx and her. Record-breaking 17 Group 1 wins, but you wouldn't let me, so I won't. No,
0: correct. Um, I was bored with it. You <laughs> talk about horses all the time. Go, this mate. Is,
2: this is not just any horse. Right. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with the NRL referees. Mm-hmm. Just, the Storm, the Cowboys game, there was in excess of 20 penalties throughout the whole game. It would be really annoying that we've just got these regular whistleblowers that are not really doing anything about it. They're blowing the whistle, but they're not continuing it, and they're not sending people to the sim bin. So, if you're going to send them, send them. If not, keep your whistle down.
1: Ooh, Good point. It's a bit, a bit of a juicy one. I, I, I actually think it's been a set of accountability that's been missed over the years, and then basically now it's come across that the referees are starting to show accountability to her, and everyone's blaming everyone else. But it should be uh, the rules of the game. They've been breached, they get penalised and
0: it's up to the coaches to put that in place. Well, the one thing I don't like out of it is that the referee's boss came out and went, we made a mistake, it was wrong. You know what? Back it, continue backing it. I think it just undermines every decision that they're yep, going to make 100%. going forward if they're going to keep coming out and going, well, they're going to turn around and say it was wrong anyway. Ref's yeah. so, so,
1: easy target.
0: Send them. Send them. Send Get them. them. Off. All right, Carlo, uh, it is your turn, mate. Yeah, well...
1: Oh, are we starting? Ten
0: seconds. Just go. Just go. <laughs> Just go.
1: <laughs> right, okay. Uh, well, it's, it's one that we see seeing uh, into the game more and more of, uh, often now. After the after the initial game's finished, uh, both sets of players come together. And not all of them, mind you, but they come to the middle of the field and they all circle and they start doing a prayer. Now, when I played rugby Back in the days uh, of Super League in in the UK, you did
0: the hokey pokey. Yeah, do we that? did the uh, agadoo <laughs> uh, and the conga.
1: But uh, we've never we never d- used to do the pray. And if the, like the Polynesian lads did did the pray praying after the game, it was done back in the changing room. So, I, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna send them in because I think it's a good value to show. Uh, but I'd love to see it, hear other people's opinions. What are
2: um, you saying? That we we shouldn't be seeing it? Or they should be doing it. I, I, d- I don't mind private. it, but I just
1: I'm seeing more and more of it.
0: I, my problem is is just that. They're sensationalizing something that should be just as it is. I'm not against the praying, not against it at all, but why do we always have to like run to get video footage of it and media have to always get around it? There's religious people and there's non religious people, yeah, of but it's a game of football, right? That's
1: right. I That's think it's an,
2: yeah, it's an individual thing and it, it doesn't really affect me in one, one little bit. I don't, no. I don't mind seeing it. I mean, if it's a case where it does bother me and annoy me, I'll just turn the channel over.
1: Yeah, i Bothered. Yeah. I'm Alam, actually gone, gone, not alarm's bothered. gone, you're still talking. Anyway, <laughs> so send him. Send him in. Uh, I don't mind it. I, I think it I think it shows good values.
2: Nah. But. Not worth a send.
0: <laughs> bothered. <laughs> bothered. <laughs> All right. Um I'm gonna do my one. Uh, so I'm kicking off with the whole rural grounds versus big grounds that we're talking about relentlessly in rugby league at the moment. Obviously, if anyone's seen some of the reports of late, the big thing is is that the big stadiums are paying for rugby league to be at the grounds. However, we're seeing 20,000 people turn up to the likes of your biggest stadiums like ANZ, Allianz Stadium, and alike. But those 20,000, if they were to appear at Leichhardt or Campbelltown or Brookvale Oval, it'd be such a spectacle. I just feel like they're making rugby league the laughing stock when we see all these empty seats. And to me, send them, although they're paying the money, let's make rugby league great again.
1: Yeah, I, I totally agree. I think uh traditional game of rugby league was in suburbia and I think it should always stay in suburbia. Myself, Chris and Adrian Marley, we grew uh, around the corner from Salford rugby league and it was a massive, it was a massive hmm. thing for us.
2: Oh, look, I, I think it's it's like everything, it's a business. So they want to make as much money as they possibly can. And, you know, sadly, then that's going to take away from the the rural grounds, which I know you love. I know you love love being up at Manly. And and it's a great environment. It's a brilliant atmosphere. But in saying that, Rugby League is kind of dying. There's been many rule changes. You're losing a lot of supporters and fans and member bases because of all the rule changes. And it's appearing to be a little bit softer than it first was. But But now, in order for them to make the money, that's what they've got to do. So I fully understand it.
1: I actually don't mind the bigger games like State of Origin being in massive stadiums like that, but I think has to be though. Yeah, it's a working class sport for working class people. Rugby league it always has been, and I think we're forgetting our roots and traditions. And especially in rule changes, Uh, it's like they play the ball through the legs rather than putting the foot on it. I applaud that the referees are clamping down on it. Don't lose the traditions.
0: Yeah, look, I think at the end of the day, Rugby League needs to start um, looking at the product. I don't know whether it's a hit that we have to take to be able to start making our game. At, at, again, from game day access to what you get as a whole family day out, because it's super expensive to go and take your family out yep. to any sporting event these days. So let's make, as I said, Rugby League great again. Let's make it great on TV. Let's make it a great experience to come and turn up for. But
2: I think they're trying to make it great again by spreading it to the likes of western australia mm. and taking it out to bigger. They're, they're trying
0: to make it great again and they're trying to make it really
2: appealing once yeah. more because it lost a lot of that pizzazz but you know it's uh, it's a process i think on the right way about it who knows <laughs>
0: Chris for the NRL CEO. All right, as we said, we have a jam-packed episode here today. We are going to be talking to Ben Daly from the Melbourne Rebels. We've got Tony Sansa from the Gungarland Bulls. Ring-a-ding-ding. Oh, ring-a-ding-ding. Plenty more happening, so don't go anywhere. Don't forget to subscribe and rate. It is The Sports Project. And also find us on Facebook. Well, it is time to check in with one of our favourites. It is Tony Sansa from the Gungarland Bulls. How are we, legend?
3: Beautiful. Excellent today.
1: Feeling great. Mate, you sound a lot fresher than last week. Oh, I was going to say, it looks duster. Yeah, Uh, it's a a bit later in the day, that's all. Hey, mate, do you want to just fill us in on how you went? uh, Did you play A-grade? And if not, how did you go?
3: Well, uh, yesterday we were down in uh, beautiful
0: East Neera. That's right, you were down in uh, Sasha's World.
3: (laughs) We played... uh, Played against there in the trial. And uh, first of all, our girls played. I just want to mention them. They were sensational. They only had eight. A few pulled out crook. And they were real credit to the club. They went down, but uh, they had a real real go. And then we had a combined first uh, reserve grade trial, uh, which, which we won. The boys went well. All the boys sort of... Uh, it was a good way to finish off our, all our trials before the big stuff starts. And uh, I managed to, uh, managed to get... Well, it's a bit embarrassing, really, because I, I spent
0: twenty minutes on on the wing. So. Oh, that's Chris's favourite like, uh, position. Uh, he hangs out with footballers there. Yeah, yeah, no, glorified winger, Yeah, like drummers in a band, they hang around musicians.
3: That's a GSO. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey
1: Sandy, though.
3: To me, it's uh, pretty embarrassed actually. So,
1: mate, mate, but can we class yep. that as an a a, a first grade appearance?
3: Well, as far as I'm concerned it is, I'll be putting me I'll be putting the invoice in, put it that way.
1: <laughs> and how did you go on the wing?
3: Well, uh I tell you what, I haven't scored a try since two thousand and four. So Then have you I
0: yet?
3: Did, uh, no. No. no <laughs> <not gonna be laughs> yet, so, uh, I've got the ball. We'll be thirty five out. I've got the ball, nothing but clear space in front of me. The the uh, eyes were as big as the inner place. So I saw you beauty, here we go, but they managed to run me down. I only actually got to be a three or four metres before they caught me. So. <laughs> it, uh, yeah. But anyway, that's right. I was extra extra sprint training this week and that might be my new spot. <laughs> Mate,
2: is there anyone is there anyone running around in the, these leagues or any other leagues that is as quite as seasoned as you are?
3: <laughs> <laughs> no, well uh, not that I've
2: come across anyway. <laughs> it's it yeah, a better record the Links, that one. He's still, please,
3: yeah, but, but I wouldn't mind actually. I wouldn't mind just having a... find someone a little bit old every now and then. But instead uh, sort of you know, most of the folks are younger than the kids that I'm up against, but I can only do my best,
1: mate. But, Sunza, give us a preview of what's going to happen this week and uh, obviously the games coming up. All
3: right, well, uh, uh, Easter coming up, so I'll see nothing next weekend, but uh, if, uh we've got a few. And you guys are actually going to come to training this week? So we're going to uh, get them involved in it all, and then a real big week of training. First home game of the proper season, seventh of April. Uh, we take on the the Roos, who were grand finalists last Ooh, year, but yeah. we requested that game. So you got to beat them all. So we might as well might as well kick off with a with a hard one. Um, yeah. And then yeah, then we're really well and truly into it. So next Thursday, I'll find out if I can make the squad of twenty. Uh, and if not, doesn't matter. I'll be there all year. I, I, I know how to white and So. <laughs>
0: well, mate, uh, send us off in uh, to the week with your favourite pastime, mate. What's the line? All right, oh, guys. Have a great, have a great, have a great week. Ring a ding ding. Yeah. You boys. there he is. <laughs> Thanks, Sandy. Mate, have an absolute up. Right. No, Take care, mate. So you later. Bye. Well, we go from Sansi, and then we do we take a step up or step down when we've got our next guest?
1: Sansi's a bit of a legend. He how is can a bit you, of a legend. How can you
0: like obviously follow that? It's well, tough to top him. It is tough to top him, but we do make people introduce themselves on our show as well too. So the next guest leads no introduction only because he demanded it. He'd do it himself.
4: Boys and girls, please welcome Super Rugby Championship winner, Wallaby Lawyer and the proud new owner of a mini caboodle named Duke, Melbourne Rebels player, Ben Daly. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, dear, Outstanding. Man. I love how you've gone from Wallaby to uh, the proud new owner of what was it?
4: A, a mini caboodle named Duke.
0: A mini caboodle named Duke. I love it, mate. I've been practicing all morning
4: with that intro, so I hope <laughs> it came through all right.
0: And And a lawyer to boot as well.
4: Yeah, yeah. Well, it's taken me 11 years, so I'm pretty proud
0: of
1: that one. You might need to represent yourself.
0: <laughs> you know, it's taken Carlo 11 years to finish school, so...
1: <laughs> Prep as well.
0: <laughs> hey, I, I want to ask you, obviously, you know, you've you've played rugby union across many bronze and played against, well, played with the Wallabies during that time as well, but... Your old man—that's kind of our connection, right? They were both Manly Seagulls, greats. Yeah. He represented Australia and Manly and the Gold Coast Chargers all through the '80s and '90s. How can you and chose the New that? New South Wales Blues as well. Well, exactly. We can't forget that New South Welshman at heart. How did you end up no, playing it's the it's... second greatest game of all?
4: <laughs> <laughs> Look, I'm a big fan of the Silver Tales still. Still, um, obviously, that's our connection there. Uh, that was part of the '87 um, premiership-winning team. Um, Two big names in that one, but uh, I started off playing rugby league um, as a junior, so I I was a late bloomer. Mum didn't want uh, her son playing rugby league after seeing what the the old man went through uh, as a battering ram, so I didn't start playing rugby league until eleven. Right, and uh, played that for a few years, and then um, I went to a private school, and yes, I played rugby league and rugby union simultaneously um, for probably I know five years, Um, and. In year 11 I made the Queensland team for um, Rugby League and Rugby Union and going into year 12 mum and dad were pretty um, steadfast on me going well at school and I couldn't uh, play both and go well at school so um, uh, the Australian School Boys Rugby Union team was going to the UK and Ireland at the end of the year and I thought that would be pretty cool and um, you know trying to forge your own path probably a little bit easier than um, having comparisons drawn to the old man your entire career, so I decided mm. to go to the rugby union path and uh, put all the eggs in that basket. It's worked out pretty well.
0: Hey, tell us the truth. That was because the Australian rugby league team were going to Wagga as opposed to Ireland, wasn't it? <laughs>
4: <laughs> it definitely was a consideration, you know. Uh, rugby union's a bit more of a world game and <laughs> the travel really uh, interested me, you know. <laughs> like, um travel to New Zealand, although it's a very nice country. Um, doing that too often probably not good for your health.
1: True that. <laughs> Yeah, definitely. Well, Ben, just Carlo here. Congratulations so far on uh, all your success with the Melbourne Rebels. It's been a great start to the season, but obviously there's a there's a heavy Western Force influence with yourself included there. How has that improved the team dynamics? Do I just elaborate a little bit on that?
4: Yeah, look, it's it's great to be part of a a winning team and a winning culture. Um, You know, four out of five games we've won. It's a pretty good start to the year, Um, and obviously it's no secret that uh, last year was pretty tough on on everyone in Australian rugby, particularly the guys of the Force and the Rebels. And, um, you know, you play a few years in Australian rugby, it's a pretty small community in terms of professional players. So you know a fair few of the blokes coming into a team anyway, and I think that's really helped us. Um, So a lot of the Western Force guys knew the Rebels blokes and vice versa. So, you know, it's pretty seamless in terms of knowing the guys, but um, Dave Wessels, the coach, has really done well to kind of get everyone on the same page and um, make sure that the Rebels blokes don't feel like it's a hostile takeover or anything like that from the Western Force. Um, So we're basing uh, a lot of our games on just, um, you know, love, really, love for each other. And um, I know it sounds like a bit of a sissy um, pillar to to base your whole game on, but, um, you know, at the end of the day, if uh, you care about the blokes um, beside you, then you're going to do the right thing for them on the field. So that's what we've been... uh, uh, try and implement during the first couple of games, and it's worked out well
0: for us. It's been hard for you to get a, a few consistent runs on the board, isn't it? You've been littered with injuries. We would have seen you playing a lot more representative football and a lot more footy in the in the Super Rugby. But I think I remember speaking to you maybe a, would be a couple of years ago now. I think you were just about to come out of rehab, and then you thought you'd go and try out for the new Face Off movie, mate.
4: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've had a, a, a couple of tough years with injury. Um, it's, it's been tough mentally and physically. Um, my last uh, injury that I've come off with was a knee reconstruction. Um, so to, to have 10 months out of the game, as long as been out of the game, um, was tough mentally, probably the toughest year in my life. But what you're talking about, <laughs> um, Renee, is um, I had a calf um, probably, I don't know, be about three years ago now, three, four years ago. And, I've got um, good memory, awesome. mate. You do, you do. <laughs> they like an elephant, um, as opposed to a goldfish. Um, but uh, I was um, in the gym um, by myself, uh, rehabbing the, the calf, and I was in um, one of those Smith machines, and I was on a metal box doing some um, calf raises, and I uh, had 100 kilos in the bar. so you got to make sure that you get that in there. That was, was, uh, <laughs> yeah, it wasn't that
1: one. Pretty big.
4: Yeah, and um, so I've come down too far on the metal box, slipped out from underneath me, um, and I've come down the edge of that metal box with my head, with a bar crashing down in the back of my head, and um, I've literally scouted myself down to my skull. Um, yeah, it was pretty harrowing. Uh, I didn't lose consciousness, thank God. Wow. Who um, knows what would have happened if that uh, that, that uh, had occurred. Um, but luckily, the physio room um, was next to the gym, um, the physio uh, was we, in there doing a, doing a, a bit of admin. Um, he heard the crash. He heard me um, crying out because I, I knew that uh, I knew I'd done something bad um, because I just looked down at her, but I didn't realise how bad it was. I looked down and my hands were covered in blood. Um, to bleed profusely, um, as I found out. So I grabbed the nearest towel, put it on my head, and uh, he's seen me covered in blood and goes, "Oh, geez, we need to get to the hospital." So um, 36 staples later into my head. Um, and uh, at the end of the day, it was just a big cut, but um, yeah, it was pretty awful. Um, and what the kicker was that uh, the nurses on duty didn't staple my head properly, so I had um, two five-centimetre sections either side of my uh-huh. forehead, and um, the staples hadn't gone on both sides. Um, so there's one staple on one side and one staple in the cut.
0: John Travolta or Nicholas Cage then in the face-off?
4: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh, Nicholas Cage, I reckon. That would be crazy. Get the crazy I I'm,
1: yeah, Ben, it feels like you'll be a modern-day Picasso.
4: <laughs> oh, man, I'll I tell you what, like, yeah, oh, the boys joke about it, but, uh, um, you know, they call me Jigsaw for a entire time there because of the big scar I've got, so I um, <laughs> can't wait, my old man's bald the a badger right now, so I can't wait to lose my hair and you see this big bloody scar on my head.
0: So well, I was going to bring that um, up, I and for anyone that cool. doesn't um, know Ben's dad, well, we all know Ben's a good-looking rooster, but... Ben's dad, Phil, was a great-looking rooster back in his day. I think he was part of the Tina Turner campaign when she came over. <laughs> Head to our Facebook, because I'm going to put up a, a a split image of the tour that you guys look identical when you were playing. Yeah, yeah
4: I've heard that before. Um, Twins, right? tell you what, though. you she put up the picture. I'm sure it's like about... Um... I think it's the cover of uh, maybe Rugby League Week or something, yeah. uh, Tina Turner one, and Dad's on the corner there with his budgie smugglers on and he's flexing, he's oiled up and he's got the you know, the blue steel going on, so it's a bit of laugh, that's for sure.
1: Excellent, Ben. Ben, we uh, just want to ask you one important question, it's one that we ask of all all the people that are on the Sport Project. In the shower after yeah, the game, are you a budgie smuggler or a Rodney Rood?
4: What's that? Sorry, on. Are you a budgie begin, smuggler but...
1: So do you wear budgie smugglers in the shower Or are you a Rodney Rude? Meaning do you go in there Letting the ta- tackle and meat and two veg Just hang around
4: Actually funny you should say this Because um, Jeff Parling He's uh, a new recruit to the Melbourne Rebels He's a former England and uh, British and Irish Lions And um, he's uh, in the locker next to me And um he couldn't believe it. He comes up to me um, because I'm a bit of an, uh, an older head in the,
0: the team now, at 29. Uh, so well, you're a Roddy,
4: a, a Roddy Rude. Correct. I'm a Rodney Roode. I'm a Rodney Um That's But he okay. couldn't believe it. All the young blokes these days showering their yo, know, their um, their budgie smugglers or uh, their um, their and stuff like that. And he just goes, mate, what what's wrong? What, what, what's the psyche? And I said, mate, it's just uh, It's an Australian thing. I think it's an island thing. They they love just not showing them uh, themselves. So. Me and him march in there all the time now, in our Rodney Roode, and um, trying to recruit as many people. It's a little bit creepy, but um, we're trying to change the place of uh, showering in professional rugby.
0: Oh, well, you're a legend. Thanks for playing part today. And um, obviously, at the top of the table in the Super Rugby Conference at the moment. So, big things happening with, the, with, the, with Rebels. I was about to say the Force then. I'm so used to you playing there. <laughs> yeah, Melbourne via uh, Brisbane and Perth. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Best of luck for the season, legend, and thanks for coming on.
4: Awesome. Thanks guys. See
0: you, Thanks Betty. Well, we've had everything from rugby league to AFL and now we've had a rugby union player in Ben Daly. It was great to have him on board and again another Rodney Roode player, so I'm glad you're both satisfied with that question. Now let's get a little bit serious though. Let's Well, I say serious, but what's all about getting our hand on the ball here with ball tampering. It was uh, we were struggling to find a, a big topic to talk about today, Carlo, and you and I were having a bit of a chat because you know Chris was hungover and having a crack at life. Um, <laughs>
2: I'm, I'm failing miserably, by the way.
0: <laughs> but let's talk about what's rocked the nation and worldwide, really. It is the the Cricket Australia uh, ball tampering incident. So um, just to spit it out, Steve Smith obviously came out at a press conference today. And they opened up about how himself and Cameron Bancroft tampered with the ball um, in the session today. Cameron has taken full blame for it. Uh, he said he overheard a chat amongst the say, senior playing group during a lunchtime chat that mentioned that they thought it would be a good idea to tamper with the ball and he took it upon himself uh, to go out. Now, as you'll see on the video, we'll put it on our Facebook so you can have a look at it. If you haven't already seen it by now, by Monday you surely have. Um, but he basically had a bit of tape in his hand that he'd put uh, some of the rough from the crease on it and pressed it into the ball in his hand before taking it out and putting it in his pocket. Now, when he was called on it, he panicked on the field because they actually showed it on the big screen of him rubbing his hand on it. And he then proceeded to shove it down his pants in a way of hiding it. Now, I will speak for many Australians here, but I was mortified and embarrassed for Australian sport that this is what we've come to. I, th-
1: I think as a, as a sport lover myself, I think any sport, doesn't matter if it's cricket, basketball, golf or whatever, is if you cheat blatantly, it's wrong in the spirit of the game. Now, they have blatantly cheated there. And for me, uh, the question I ask is, should the the coach, the captain and the leadership all go you know, it's a serious, serious thing.
2: Without a shadow of a doubt, anybody involved in that should be gone. Without, I mean, look at Lance Armstrong. What do you do with him when he cheats? Yeah, well, well, look he, at all the Olympians. Gone. What do you do with them when they cheat? Yeah. You know, look at did anyone does the whole, it's, the whole it's, of
0: Lance Armstrong team go, or just Lance? I just well, Lance anyone that's sure. was,
2: well, anyone that's kind of involved in it.
0: Well, it's a big sword to fall on, isn't it, from, Mm. I mean, Smith's point of view. He's the captain. Generally, that's the captain that has to come out and go down with the ship, really, isn't it? But he's turned around and said it was, you know, the, the senior leadership playing group but won't name names to say who was part of that chat. Now, was Bancroft right in saying that he overheard it and went on and did it himself or was he pushed into it? Did Darren, did, did Layman know anything about it as well too? Can a coach know anything?
2: I've, look, I've got a real problem with how stupid they are believing they could get away with that.
0: There are so many cameras You're, on that pitch. Everywhere. Yeah. And,
2: and how do you believe that you could walk out onto the field and tamper with the ball in front of the crowd, the cameras, the spectators, the officials, your opposition,
0: and get away with it?
2: Yeah. What's he been drinking?
0: Well, they even... They, sorry, colour. No, 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 no. Go on. Um, they even went up to a, a video, and you can see the South African players up in the box, and you can see them mimicking what he's done with his hand, and they've even called him on it. So, if they can see it up there, imagine what we're seeing at home with all the different angles that we're privy to. And obviously, you then go into the producers' box and the cars that are on the side of the cricket pitch that have a thousand camera angles in front of them, yeah. and what they see.
1: Well, my, my take on it is is. A lot larger than that, you know. Not only as the players disgrace themselves in the sport, but think about it from past players, previous players, previous captains. I seen an interview with Michael Clark, and it was asked, Michael, how long has this been going on? Was this under your watch? And he was vehemently denying it. However. However, you know, now it's going to tarnish the game in general. Um, and the, the question is, how, you know, how do they recover from this? And I think this spoils as well. You've got to remember, there's kids watching that development, yep. you know, the, the development key. of the sport. It's going to take a massive hit. It's a bigger, bigger bomb than anyone ever thinks.
2: That's the thing, you know, you've, you've got a bunch of guys out there that kids look up to. And you're trying to glamorise this somewhat boring game anyway and that's not the way to do it. These young kids are now going to watch that going, and if that's where you want to get ahead in life, you yep. just cheat.
0: Well, because that's the thing. I mean, this is a, a crop of Australian uh-huh. players who are at the peak of their game and they uh-huh. thought the only way...
2: We can win this.
0: We can win this is if we tamper with the ball. And as it turned out, it made no difference to the ball whatsoever. I mean, we've only just come back from, I think it was 1981, and we spoke about... Uh, whether players can come back from this. Greg Chappell made his brother, so as captain, he made his brother bowl that underarm bowl that we saw against New Zealand in that game so far back. And now here we are again, Australia doing something And that's again. never been forgotten. That's not it's in it's our spirit. It's never been forgotten as well. No.
1: Nope. And, and again, it brings so much attention mm. to, to ball tampering. It makes me want to tamper with my balls a little bit more. <laughs>
2: You couldn't tamper with your balls anymore If you tried <laughs> didn't, didn't I had to
1: bring some fun back into it But you know again. Was that your idea of fun? Yeah Well, You're
2: Giving me a visual of you tampering with your balls That's not fun mate I need a therapist now Well
1: they we need a bit of shyness <laughs> <laughs> Well
0: you know it's going to be a quick job Isn't it? Yeah <laughs> There we go It's oh, not about it. the
1: hammer It's the nail is it, It's not oh, the, yeah, sh- the nail It's the hammer Yeah, yeah whatever You're Anyway moving
2: swiftly on You're This serious there. shit didn't last too long Did it? <laughs> <laughs> never, never.
0: Not with you lot, anyway. Well, uh, that is our show today here on the Sports Project. As I said, get on iTunes, subscribe to it, unsubscribe, subscribe, unsubscribe, subscribe, because apparently that's how you get your hits. Rate it, share it with your mates, and don't forget to get around our Facebook. Thanks to the boys for joining us today, Carlo and Chris. Outstanding. Well, Take care, everyone.